Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Mark, welcome. Thank you. For, well, I say welcome. I'm in your studio, so uh, I guess you should be welcoming me, but you're on my podcast, so uh, <laughs> nice to see you again. Good to see you too, Dan. So I just did um, uh, an interview with your business partner, Rob Moore, and I like Rob, but talking to Rob is a little bit like having a conversation with a squirrel on crack. Uh, um, it, it, it's, it can be quite intense, quite fast-paced. And uh, uh, what I love, I don't think I've ever mentioned this to our viewers, is um, I, I, I've actually uh, a subscriber, a happy subscriber to the Mark My Words podcast, uh, which is well worth uh, people checking out because I, I really love, those that know me know that I do love getting into the granular detail about the money side of things, about the taxes, about the specifics, about the economy. So uh, I'm hoping we can have some conversation about that as it relates to uh, business owners. Great, far away. So, first one, uh, connecting up to Rob, is um, uh, the reason why we're at your studio today is because I was, uh, a member of mine sent a message saying, oh my God, have you seen this? And it was a video of Rob having a rather heated negotiation with uh, another individual, which led to them uh, in uh, having a £100,000 bet on a charity boxing match. And uh, uh, my first thought when I heard that was like, good God, like, what does Mark think? Because if, if that was my business partner, <laughs> if that was my business partner, uh, yeah, uh, did, did you get consulted in advance or did Rob just decide that on the spur of the moment? How did, how, how did that situation pan out? Well, I certainly knew about it in advance. Um, it was discussed with myself and our managing director. Um, you know, and, and in terms of, I don't know, having an event for everybody to go along to. Um, I think we, um, you know, we, yeah, we, we were definitely consulted. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. that's fair. But I, I suppose, how do you decide then? Um, because I suppose whenever somebody says an amount of money to some yeah. people, £100,000 is an outrageously large amount of money and to yeah. other people with a larger pot, less so. Yeah. The bigger question is probably is, There'll be a lot of people listening to this. Well, the people listening to this are business owners. Many will have business partners. Yeah. How do you make decisions as it relates to, uh, like, do you have spending thresholds? Is it explicit? Is it, is it you know, if, we, if one of us <laughs> is spending over X, we should have a conversation and bring it up in a weekly meeting. How, how do you manage that dialogue? Well, uh, you know, Rob, Rob is... Um, in charge of the marketing within this business, um, and you know, marketing spend and return on investment, and of course, half of you know any money that's spent, um, and soon to be a little bit more than uh, a little bit less than half probably, is his uh, because uh, it's also his business. So, you know, I trust him to spend you know money on 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 things in the business that are going to generate a return. So, no, there was no. There's no preset spending limit, or you know, you're you're only going to be able to do this because you know we've determined at some board meeting that you know that 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 is the um, preset limit. Um, but yeah, we'll, we 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 sat in a meeting. Uh, I think originally it was fifty grand each way, and then 
Rob increased it. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, that's 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 a business partnership, isn't it? Um, if there's too many decisions that you know aren't great, or you know the P and L isn't good over a over the medium to long term, then um, you know things start to change, don't they? But I, I, I think that's ultimately sort of where you know with, with him and I, we you know he has his areas and sort of marketing in the training business. If he wants to do something um, or he wants to change something. I'll give my opinion. We sit there, we'll, we'll have a discussion about it, but if he really wants to do it, um, usually, uh, I just sit there and say, fine. And if it's anything to do with a building, or um, you know, our investment portfolio, or uh, probably our letting agency, or uh, other areas of the business that I would deal with, uh, we'll have a discussion, he'll give all his ideas, and if I really want to do something and he doesn't, He'll usually just go fine. So that's sort of how it works, right? And I, yeah. guess, and I guess it goes both ways. As in, sometimes yeah. you'll make plays or decisions that don't pan out. Yeah. And sometimes they do pan out. And I suppose yeah. this one will be decided on June or July or whatever the whatever the date the, the fight is. Then we'll see what, what the return on investment. Even though I get that it's over charitable charitable causes. Yeah. Um. Uh, so you just got a little slip there that I wasn't aware of, and I presume you're okay with it being on camera. So you just said soon to be a little bit less than. 50%. Oh, just because we'd, um, you know, we're, we're trying to set an EMI scheme up to incentivise the uh, most of the staff in, in, in the business to, um, to to get them to stay and, and, and make it, you know, a better business, more successful, more profitable. Um, so, yeah, obviously that means Rob and I putting some of our shares into that pot. Yeah, well, great jumping off, off point. Let's, let's talk about uh, taxes. Let's talk about incentives. Yeah, I mean, right now, as we're filming this, um, uh, the UK is in, some would describe it, a bit of a perilous or uh, difficult position economically, uh, especially from a small business owner's point of view. Would you agree with that statement? Or I don't know. I mean, that's quite a generic statement. Um, and I think the media loves to get onto a bandwagon and then keep sort of bashing it. So... Uh, maybe if you could talk in specifics. Yeah, okay. Um, well, so, so, then, so, yeah. so let, let's do the, obviously, in the most recent budget, um, yeah. uh, corporation tax has gone from yeah. 19% to 25%. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so some would say, oh, that's radical. That's a you know increase of 30 whatever yeah. percent. Uh, others would say relative to where yeah. it was several decades ago, it's yeah. relatively low. What's yeah. your, uh, and so therefore the overall tax burden yeah. on... Uh, well, on the taxpayer, but specifically small business owners with the reduction in the uh, dividend yeah. uh, allowance, etc. Yeah, I mean that's marginal, but you get the overall yeah. the overall tax burden. It costs us a lot more for the, somebody listening to this to get money out yeah. of our limited company now than yeah. it did in the recent past. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, really bad, really bad for um, encouraging foreign direct investment. Really bad for uh, new. Uh, business startups, um, you know, it, it encourages a brain drain. So, you know, people want to leave, you know, and, and go and set up elsewhere where taxation is much lower and uh, the business environment is much more friendly. Um, yeah, I think it's really bad. Um, yeah, fine, you can look back a number of decades and say corporation tax was in the 30s or maybe even higher. Uh, and you look at the OECD and there are lots of other members which have higher tax rates. Um, but 
it doesn't make us more competitive, any of this. Um, and I'd love to see in three years' time, say, um, how much extra or less corporation tax they actually generate uh, from these sorts of moves. Uh, same thing with, yeah, tax on dividends. Um, you know, the, the sort of tax-free allowance has almost gone or gone, uh, plus, you know, the national insurance rates and, and, and tax on dividends has been going up, which, same thing, all, all the same stuff. It doesn't encourage people to set businesses up, encourages them to leave, and doesn't encourage, you know, big foreign multinationals to invest here. In well, fact, they're going elsewhere. Well, what, what, that's definitely true, but what policy changes would you like to see, I suppose? I mean, because, again, in the political backdrop, there's a pretty strong argument, given the recent elections, to say, you know what, uh, it looks like uh, the next general election, the Tories will be out, yeah. Labour may or may not be in, you might agree or disagree with that statement, uh, 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 and therefore one might conclude, or the, the, um, uh, the, the straight line of thinking, if we go our way, we get in, taxes going up. Yeah. What's your, uh, do you see? Well, that's not always necessarily the case, and I used to believe that just because they're sort of left-leaning, um, I think with Corbyn it, it would have been, but I think with the likes of Starmer, uh, you know, he's, he's played his cards quite close to his chest. Uh, I don't think he's really a conviction politician. He's probably a little bit more like modern politicians, maybe, I don't know, maybe Tony Blair, where, you know, you'll see what he's really about when and if he becomes prime minister. So uh, he's flip-flopped around quite a lot. Um, you know, the, the house building targets he now says he's going to reintroduce. Um, he's been cozying up to various elements of business. His chancellor, or shadow chancellor, doesn't look completely inept. I think she's an economist, um, which is um, perhaps more than Jeremy Hunt. Um, so, whilst I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't vote for them, um, it, it might not mean higher taxes. Um, clearly, the politics of envy. You know, they, they've been sort of spouting about putting VAT on school fees. Um, and or private school fees um, and some other stuff in terms of renters, but it doesn't necessarily mean higher corporation tax, higher income tax. Um, in fact, Tony Blair was probably the opposite. Mm. Um, what you often find if you talk to a lot of sort of older business people, farmers especially, um, they say that they often do better under Labour than they do under Conservatives because often it's not always the case but there have been successive Labour governments that um, have a, a certain level of ineptitude and whilst they may I don't know set headline tax rates higher or you know maybe remove reliefs and things like that um, more loopholes tend to appear uh, and little sort of cracks as they introduce stuff because um, I don't know, maybe they're just not, not as good at, at setting policy. I, I think the cons Conservatives are generally better at raising taxation, you know, in terms of the, the overall amount that comes in. So, so what, what policy changes uh, would you like to see? Uh, as in, if, well, they if you were in power, like, how, how would you change things to yeah. drive growth? To Yeah, so, I mean, corporation tax, clearly just leave it at 19%. Um, I think bigger bigger businesses, it's 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 higher or medium and large size. Uh, sorry, um, corporates are, 
higher, I think. Uh, but certainly small business, leave it at 19. Um, I don't. I think the analysis said that it was going to raise something like four or five billion extra anyway, which is, even if it does do that, and there's a good chance it won't, uh, it's not very much um, in comparison to the reduction in people that those businesses are going to employ, or the other taxes they pay, or the business rates and everything else. So I think that's an easy one. Um, I think um, clearly tax on dividends, uh, same thing, just just flows from that, needs to reduce. I mean, how is it right that you're, if you make a pound in your business, you're probably losing, um, you're losing 60-something percent. About 63p to, to, yeah, rate. Yeah, to get that money into your pocket. Uh, which is just bizarre. It, it, it's quite a bit higher than income tax on, you know, m- money earned, you know, through a salary or, or you know, if you you got a partnership or um, through a, a sole trader type mm. operation. So it's bizarre. It, it shouldn't be any higher, surely, than than those other uh, methods of of sort of uh, profit extraction. Um, so, so I mean, that's the first thing. It's huge disincentive. Uh, why do you want all the stress and all the bother of setting up growing businesses if that's what they're going to do? And it has made me sort of think twice about um, growing businesses here. Uh, and you know, I this is not for sure, but um, the thing that sort of pacifies me a little bit is in in my sort of mid fifties, I'll probably clear off for a bit, uh, and I will probably. Um, release some pregnant gains which I've sort of built up over the years um, and you know by becoming non-resident for a number of years yeah. uh, and I may never come back um, so you know that may or may not happen but you know in my mind that that's where I am um, I, I, for, for what it's worth yeah. I, I'd never even thought about that and somebody who remained nameless yeah. uh, but is uh, uh, our age so oh. so uh, 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 I believe in his forties. Yeah. Um, um, did that. Yeah. Um, and went uh, left the UK. And I'd never even thought about the idea because yeah. children, family, etc. Yeah. And when, when I lo- when I looked at the because he broke down yeah. the savings, so he went to a uh, well-known tax haven. Yeah. And um, it, it the saving. You know, yeah. So he's got a. Uh, multi-seven-figure revenue business with kind of a high six, low seven-figure margins, yeah. and uh, ignoring the assets and how they were moved around, uh, the saving is multi-multi-six figures yeah. a year. Net, it's, net, it's, net, net, yeah. net in his pocket. It's eye-watering. eye-watering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and because I, I went, why are you doing that? Because he, and he, he actually wanted to go to this particular location yeah. anyway. And said, no, I just desired to live there, even though I personally wouldn't. But he was like, no, wanted to come here, yeah. wanted to bring my children here, that's fine. Yeah. And, and now he's he's never coming back. No. And, and when I walked out, I went, holy crap. And he went, I can literally do the most lavish things with, with just the tax saving. He yeah. goes, if my children want to be here, they've still got a yeah. home here. Obviously, yeah. there's the rules about in and out. Yeah. But it's... Well, that, this is the thing. And, you know, and I, I'm not saying I'm definitely doing this anytime soon, but... Um, you know, because I've got a four-year-old son, you know, and, and maybe we have another. So I've got a number of years whilst they're going to be at school uh, and, and things like that. But, you know, our property portfolios, various other things, I could quite easily come back for a few days every month right. uh, and, you know, run things and then clear off again. Um, so it doesn't encourage me to be here at all. And I think 
you know, if I'm thinking that way, a lot of other people must be as well. I think Liz Truss had the right idea. I think the execution was wrong, and I think she tried to pile a lot of this stuff in too quickly. She didn't explain it properly, and I think the Chancellor wasn't really up to the job. But um, if you know, if you look at quite a few of the things that she suggested, like rowing back the corporation tax, um, you know, there was stuff around IR35, which was great, um, which means that you know you can sort of. Um, take on contractors and they can invoice you like you know sort of used to happen without all these sort of worry of these rules um, there, there, there was there's, there's clearly a roadmap there to take things back to a more Thatcherite style of um, sort of taxation and um, general sort of fiscal policy well, which so, so, so taking now one level uh, um, into so the pe- business owners that are uh, uh, listening to this and then I want to move sideways into property briefly but uh, business owner listening to this so when we say loopholes or we just say tax breaks or incentives what are the most common um, or what are perhaps some incentives that you've used or seen be used that perhaps people listening to this aren't aware of or should uh, should should at least be having a conversation with their accountant about. They should be going saying, look, have yeah. a look at this. Well, most- it, it depends what you're doing, but you know, uh, research and development can be good if you've got a business type which facilitates that. They're clearly trying to reduce those claims. I mean, there's there's going to be stuff going through, but you know, they've worked for a number of years. They can be quite good. Capital allowances are very good on buildings. I really like buying commercial buildings claiming a lot of capital allowances on the sort of communal areas in between the flats. That can be very good. Uh, I like uh, lots of other um, sort of, um, you know, if you take um, land remediation relief, that can be quite good. If you're buying a building and you're stripping out asbestos, stripping out sort of harmful materials in a building, they're all reliefs which I would use, which are quite useful. Yes, there's you know every year you need to make sure you use your ISA and you know your forty grand pension allowance and all those things. I make sure that we do, uh, but you know slowly and 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 quite intentionally, um, the Conservatives have just chipped away at every little thing which um, you might be doing that you're able to sort of I don't know, relief or you know sort of reduce your liability taxation liability through. Um, you know, and it's just got us to this situation now where, um, I don't know, there's not a lot left, is there? Well, well uh, I don't know. How bad, how bad could it get, I suppose, yeah. is the question. Uh, uh, but I suppose the game's got to be, to my mind, if leaving the countries out of the question, it may not be for some people, and that's a whole that's yeah. a whole other topic, but if they're staying in this country, it's like, okay, you've got to play with the hand that you dealt, even if it's yeah. bad. So how do you stay abreast of this stuff? Like, what would... Because you've probably mentioned... A variety of reliefs there, some of which I'm sure some yeah. people listening to go, I don't even know what land yeah. remediation relief is, yeah. or, or what uh, uh, business asset disposal relief is, or yeah. whatever. How do you stay on top of this stuff? I mean, uh, again, I would recommend people listen to the Mark My Words podcast. You have some great stuff on there where you're talking about some of these things at times. But I, how do you stay up to speed? Because the rules are always changing, right? Yeah, well, uh, you need a really good accountant who knows all this stuff. Um, I would Sign talk to... Uh, we've, got, we've got the same accountant. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm interviewing him yeah. in two weeks' time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, the, the, the would, you, know, you need a really good accountant. You need to be generally um, networking with other business owners who understand this stuff. 
Um, a few of those reliefs I've introduced to our accountant um, by talking to other property investors, other accountants, and um, I'll use a couple of capital allowance uh, specialists mm. who will uh, who know quite a lot about those reliefs, you know, and and and. So yeah, that that, and then you know, I've been doing this. I don't know, nearly twenty, I don't know, seventeen years or something. So of course, along the way, I tend to put all this stuff in my toolbox as I make more people. Yeah, I love that, and it's value getting it around good people, whether it be accountants or again just networking well. But for me, not with um, our shared accountant, but uh, the accountant that I had before that. Yeah. I remember um, I was at a, a, a mastermind meeting. I think yeah. we might have been there actually when somebody, it was a mastermind of training business yeah. owners, and somebody went, oh, I've just rocked in a stonking R&D tax credits claim. Yeah. And the room walked in and said, you can't do that in this kind of business. And yeah. he says, we can, and we did. And I went out a chat and got into the nuances, and I didn't end up using who he recommended, but he told me yeah. how he did it and what yeah. he did. And I went, yeah. that does apply. Yeah. I took that back to my accountant, yeah. made the case, and they went, huh, we never thought about it. So yeah. I suppose the point is, don't assume that your accountant's no, good or going to give it to you. you no, you, you need to go out and harvest this stuff and then take it to them often. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about property. So yeah. look, these people listening to this, that have, uh, uh, some businesses have struggled through the pandemic, uh, 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 some businesses are still on a mountain of cash and yeah. made massive, massive wins and still sat on large cash reserves and they go, okay, how do I disport, uh, deploy this capital outside of my core day-to-day operation? Yeah. And it tends to be uh, common com- uh, questions that get asked of me are simplistically stock market property. Yeah. What, what, what's your what's your views and how do how do people decide how they do their asset allocation? Well, I mean, you know, how to do your asset? What percentage of your assets go into each? Um, asset type. I mean, you know, there'll be calculators online that in, enable you to get the right percentage between, you know, different types of equities, different type, you know, some bonds, and and then different types of property. You know, so I'll sort of leave that to them because I'm maybe I'm 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 not the best person to speak to about asset allocation because I'm so overweight in property. But you know, I I tend to put money in the area that. I can control and I know the most most about. So for me, that's the right allocation. Um, but you know what I tend to do is make money um, within our businesses, and then um, you know some money might sort of flow to my uh, family uh, sort of limited company, which has got you know uh, that that would take cash into it that we're making in this business, um, and some some of the other businesses, and then. Often, from there, I would I would buy um, tracker funds or ETFs, and, and mo- most of it would just be Vanguard, yeah. Global Strategy, one hundred or eighty or sixty. Um, I just think that's probably the easiest and the best place. I mean, you can set up a Hargreaves Lansdowne account or a Vanguard account, um, and in Hargreaves you can easily buy those Vanguard funds or some legal in general iShare sort of trackers, but. If you want to make it easy, just set a Vanguard account up. Oh, that, um, you, yeah. Perfect. I just want to yeah. say for the camera yeah. that we didn't pre-consult on this because that's no. almost verbatim what, yeah. I, what I would say with regards yeah. to the uh, low-cost index trackers yeah. and Vanguard, etc. Yeah. So, so let's talk about property then. Yeah. So there's always this debate. A, a, um, a very prolific resi, resi yeah. investor yeah. said to me about five years ago, he said to me, 
residential's dead. Can't make any money in residential anymore. Um, and he said that because he'd switched everything to commercial and he felt yeah. that the commercial, his games and the uh, the, the tax breaks yeah. and, the, uh, um, and the legislation around commercial was far more reward. The risk to reward ratio he felt was yeah. on point. Um, is that your experience? What's your perce- uh, perception? No, of- no. I mean, that, those sort of blanket statements are usually disproved quite quickly. And I know that they, they're, they're sort of inherently nonsensical because, um, you know, in any market, there are so many different types of you know investment so many different locations so many different things you can do that invariably certain things will work and some won't work the other thing is stuff gets oversold doesn't it um lots of other people were thinking that way uh, five six seven years ago um and whilst the capital values with residential probably still a little bit high in my view um what w- what's happened is lots of landlords have exited because they've got pissed off with um, higher taxation, which has happened because of um, you know inability to offset all the mortgage interest if you own the properties personally, um, you know lots of extra regulation, red tape, all this sort of stuff. But I suppose that, in conjunction with a few other things, has meant that rents have gone absolutely nuts. So, you know, little three beds that we were getting five fifty for five years ago, we're now getting nine hundred for something like that. Um, you know, we did um, a good-sized building. Um, probably bought it in, I don't know, seventeen something like that. Got planning consent on it for uh, there's 159 tenants above, and um, two commercial units on the ground floor. Um, and I, I, we bought that site for four million. I sold 4.2. I, I sold um, a good chunk of the ground floor off. Got 3.6 back. Developed the whole thing. Let's say the development above was about nine and a half million, something like that. Um, and I had that building valued uh, last month, the month, sorry, the month before last for twenty one point four six million, and it it now generates one point five million pounds in rent, and that is predominantly residential. Um, you can see the uplift. I I don't know, maybe we're all in for about I don't know thirteen, fourteen million, something like that, and. So it was only finished, I don't know, 18 months ago, and it's worth 21 and a half million now. And net, 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 after all the costs, uh, it's making six to 700 grand a year. Um, so if residential is shite, then how, how have we just done that? Do you see what I mean? Um, and, you know, we, we'd have about 40 million pounds worth of residential, well, residential and commercial assets, but the majority would be residential. Um, and we make them work. Of course, the HMOs have not, you know, been as good over the last um, since the gas and electric's gone up, and obviously mortgage interest has gone up quite a lot uh, since you had that conversation. Um, so, you know, some some buildings have become more challenging. But I think the gas and the electric, you know, there's ways around it. We're just having a load of heating controls installed, so that probably reduces it by a third the energy bills um, and. Uh, well, interest rates are probably going to go up to 5%. Um, I suspect over the medium term, they'll start coming down again. So, so how do you assess? So if, some, if somebody's watching this yeah. market, and let, let's, say, uh, let's say they are, uh, they've got funds to invest, they're a business owner, yeah. they've got surplus capital that they're looking to invest yeah. into property, and they are more educated than the average person on the street. Maybe they've got one or two buys or less, yeah. but they're not 
a buy-to-let landlord. They're not experienced. How how would you suggest they educate themselves or what, what make decisions? Because yeah. I totally appreciate your answer, as in, I think every often people on the easy route, you just say, yep, commercial's yeah. the route, or rent to rent, or whatever they well, there's say. there's a load of shite, shit commercial buildings. There's a load of shit residential buildings. And there's a load of great commercial buildings, and a load of great residential. Depends what you're doing, doesn't yes, it? Yes, so, so yeah. how, how, how might somebody... How how How... Uh-huh. What advice would you give for somebody to educate themselves so that they can make decision, better decisions about, okay, how do I decide if this is, should I do commercial resi, or is this a shit commercial, yeah. or a yeah. great commercial opportunity? Well, it, clearly experience, surrounding yourself right. with a, a load of really good people, starting with you know small units and, and sort of building them up, um, and... Um, you know, go, going on training courses and getting on mentorship programs with people who have done it, who have built these things, who have, have developed buildings or, you know, bought buy-to-let, you know, properties or, you know, bought commercial buildings, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's it's learning from other people that have done it usually. Yeah, yeah. so, so, so uh, two final questions for you. One, uh, 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 I've got to give you a, a compliment. I, I, I'm a fan of the uh, Ray Dalio principle, find the smartest people you can who you disagree with and, and have a conversation. And so you and I, uh, I agree with, uh, a lot of our philosophies are, are aligned, but one where I was different from you and you changed my opinion via the podcast, by the way, so indirectly you changed the opinion, was about debt. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about debt. So I was more from the camp of don't like leverage, don't want the risk, uh, Paid all off. Uh, uh, correct. M- yeah. More debt equals more risk. Yeah. So for a long time, uh, uh, you know, had zero debt of yeah. any description because mm-hmm. I just went, nope, don't want the yeah. risk because I had a train wreck many moons ago and just yeah. went, I don't want, I, I don't want to yeah. do it. And um, because I found a lot of idiots yeah. advising debt, where it's like, oh, no money down, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. and they haven't got a, they haven't got a clue what they're doing. But yeah. your view on debt, yeah. uh, could you speak a few words to it specifically? You know, as it relates to inflation, paying it down, yeah. and why it makes sense, at, but with the caveat of what those sensible levels. Yeah. So are. I, I, I yeah, and this doesn't apply to businesses. I mean, I don't. You know, we might borrow some money to buy a business, but generally, I will then often pay that down you know, as, as, as quick as I can, really. I'm talking about debt on buildings. Mm-hmm. So, so on hard, uh, fixed assets, hard fi- assets. Fixed assets that where, where the, the value isn't suddenly going to go to zero, whereas a trading business, you know, they can go like that and then go like that. And we saw that through COVID. Um, so my philosophy with raising debt on buildings is generally I will go up to what the bank will give me, maybe 70 75%. On a commercial building, maybe 60 um, to buy the building to put as little down as, as possible. Um, but then once it's up and running, I'll, I'll let the def- debt drift down through um, just letting Father Time run its course infl- as inflation. Um, and I'm not talking about inflation in the last couple of years, which might have been sort of 10% per annum. Or the long term average. Yeah, maybe the long term average might be two or three. Um, o- over time, that actually. Sort of brings the loan to value down as 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 the pushes the value of the building up. So, you know, I think you let the debt, the loan to value drift down to fifty percent. Um, that's a, a good um, sort of risk versus reward um, balance um, because um, you know, as, as as we know, inflation actually pays debt down. 
um, you know, whilst inflation erodes cash in the bank, it has an inverse relationship on debt. Um, so, you know, at the moment, you know, any any debt that we have on our buildings is being paid down by about ten percent per year. And people say, well, how do you get that money? You know, you if you borrow a hundred thousand at the end of the year, you haven't paid any of it down. You still owe a hundred thousand. Yeah, you do, but um, you know, the, the value of the building um, should go to one hundred and ten thousand probably won't go to 110,000 between now and a year's time. Right. But over the medium to long run, it will come back onto that sort of trend line and the value of the building will keep up, probably exceed the rate of inflation. And the same will happen to the rents. And you're seeing that with the rents at the moment. So... By the buying... Well, just obviously inflation, the buying power of money, right? Yeah. How much well, your income is in the future. Uh, incomes are going up. Of course they're going up. People are sort of moaning because... Lots of people are only, I don't know, maybe they're getting 5%, 6% pay increases when inflation is 10 a- Absolutely, and that, that must be really tough. However, in, in the medium term, I suspect pay increases will exceed the rate of inflation once inflation comes down again um, because, you know, the employment market is tight and over time, people's buying power increases. That's, that's how this works. So debt um, over time devalues. Um, so I think you need some debt there. Uh, because you're not going to get the benefit of inflation eroding that debt over time if you don't have any. Uh, and every time inflation goes up, it's your cash that's getting hit rather than um, you know money that you borrowed. Right. Um, so I, I think you know some debt is always good on buildings as long as they're income producing and they're good. Um, you know, if you just got a piece of land or a building that you can't rent out, of course the bank's not going to likely give you a mortgage and, and it's not a good thing but um, it, it enables you you know if you take 50% debt you can buy, buy twice as many buildings and get the growth on twice as many buildings um, so why would you not do that? Well yeah, yeah. yeah I think that, that, that the important caveat so of course the, the people that are send, ironically the people that are slightly concerned are slightly uh, more cautious about using it yeah. it's probably they're the ones that can do it it's the people that disregard all your your caveats or yeah. with a assuming it's a good building they just go yeah borrow as much I heard Mark yeah. say borrow as much yeah. as the bank will lend me yeah. I, I don't know if you just saw um, uh, Skipton Building Society just yesterday yeah. came out with a 100% mortgage which doesn't need a guarantor yeah. so we're back in we're back in 100% uh, loan to uh, loan to value territory well I, I'm sure there's a load of other stuff behind it in terms of criteria to uh, d- defend them against default. Um, I don't know what that is. I-, I imagine they'll be credit checking those people more stringently. They, they did say good, I mean, the affordability just said, uh, yeah, yeah. affordability, uh, 12 months, like good uh, rent payments and uh, uh, good credit score, but it didn't say yeah. more specifically. Uh, I suspect that um, the people they put through that are not the marginal cases. I suspect right. they'll, they'll increase um, the criteria on those those applicants, you know, to so you know, I um, they, they're constantly coming out with stuff like that because they're marketing hooks, aren't they? People see it, it gets to the front. It was on the front page of my BBC News sort of website uh, homepage earlier on, um, and you know, a few times since the the credit crunch, they've talked about hundred percent mortgages. Oh, we're back there with various products and. You only really see whether it moves the needle or not a couple of years in, and you That's see true. how many, how much they've actually lent on these schemes. Because a lot of the time, they, 
it just feels like well, it's, mar- it's marketing, marketing, isn't it? It's really, it's, yeah. yeah, it's marketing, yeah. and, and, and there's yeah. not much done. And it does feel—I yeah. don't, I don't know about you—and it's very subjective. But it does feel like the underwriting still feels significantly yeah. more rigorous than it was. Oh, it's 15 just years a ago. different universe. Um, I don't—I—I I don't think it's in any way similar, uh, and I don't think this this will change it either. There's, there's all these FCA rules around, you know, how they have to check affordability and. Uh, suspect there's FCA rules around credit checking. The banks are certainly very bothered about that. You know, they go through your bank statements, work out what you're spending your money on every month, and um, it's nothing like it was in. I remember getting mortgages in 05, 06, 07. It was just an irrelevance. And the, the broker- Fill in a form, send it off? And the broker fill most of it in, lie about the income, he complete it, and then just send it off. I mean, it's just, it's nothing like that now. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, uh, final question. I want to be respectful of time. So, guilty pleasure. So, ironically, we've spoken about some, I think, important yeah. stuff, but uh, I suspect this is the one that, that gets the most comments. So, uh, uh, you appear, uh, like me, to have a bit of a fascination with um, uh, uh, air miles or get, uh, yeah. you know, getting the most for your money. So, um, uh, I think we should just tend the other time. I, yeah. I recently just uh, bought a uh, round trip first class uh, uh, to Mexico, um, and it was whatever it was, you know, air miles. So less than less than two British grand, Airways. two people, British Airways, British Airways, it's about thirteen hundred pounds, fourteen hundred pounds, yeah, 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 yeah. Plus and, and so it was companion voucher, yeah, companion yeah. voucher all the way. Eighty thousand. Uh, no, it's gone up. Boom. Yeah. I can't remember the About number of uh, uh, miles or something. I can't remember yeah. the number of miles. Yeah. So, so I suppose uh, for some people that are missing out on all the goodness, what, yeah. what's the what, what's the beginner's guide? And again, I think I'll probably point to yeah. even a, more than one podcast where you've gone into into great yeah. depth, way more than I know. But uh, uh, so just just type in mark my words, uh, Avios, uh, and then a, a podcast episode will come up, and I discuss that. On that, there's also a YouTube video. I think I did an interview with Ian Wormsley. We discuss a load of stuff on there. But and the card to get started with really is the British Airways uh, Amex Premium Plus, and then I would also get the Barclays. Um, I'll show you what they look like. I get the this Barclays one, which is brilliant. That is a World Elite Mastercard. That's you get one and a half Avios for every pound you spend, which Very is nice. mega on MasterCard. And then the um, yeah, the other one is the, the the British Airways Premium Plus, and on that you get the companion voucher, and also one and a half Avios for every pound you spend, which is um, yeah. Instead of I don't know what your first class, it probably would have fifteen grand worth of flights. I would have thought plus. something like that. Yeah. 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 Fi- yeah. yeah. Would have been fifteen, maybe twenty grand. Yeah. So it was uh, yeah. pretty special. I'm looking forward to the yeah. holiday. So uh, that's it. That's all we've got time for. So, Mark, thank you very Good much. Good to see you, Dan.